and welcome to the NWHL Profile Podcast. I'm Ken Reichman. And on this show, we're going to introduce you to a different NWHL star each time. We're going to go through their playing career, their working career, and anything else that might be interesting about how they got to where they are today. So this is a really awesome opportunity. So please reach out to us on Twitter, at NWHL, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, anywhere you want, and let us know who you want to hear from and what questions you'd like us to ask. So without further ado, let's get right to our first guest. Mie Dench is an NWHL champion with the Metropolitan Riveters, and she joins us now. She's also an investigative analyst at the New York County District Attorney's Office and a graduate of Harvard University. I don't want to put you on the spot so early in the interview, Mie, but which one of those are you most proud of? <laughs> uh, that is very, very hard to choose. <laughs> uh, I will say that I smiled the widest when you said NWHL champion, so okay. take that as you may. <laughs> Fair enough. Don't tell anybody in the office, though. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> So take me a little bit through your journey this season. Obviously, you didn't uh, get to play as much as you would have liked uh, out with an injury for a little bit of that season. But how cool was it watching your team win and then being able to join them in the playoffs? Oh, it was amazing. Um, first of all, I mean, it's just a really special group that we had this year. And, uh, you know, we, we hit some adversity in the middle of the season there and were able to overcome it. And I'm so grateful that I was able to be on the ice and get to play in the playoffs, um, a huge shout out to doctors and, uh, you know, physical therapists and everybody who was kind of like in my corner, uh, trying to get me healthy again to a teammates, hugely supportive and coaches and everybody. Um, so yeah, just, a just a huge moment in my life, um, you know, to get to share it with like, you know, some of the best people I know. It was amazing. For, you know, just for all of us normal folk who don't go to Harvard, <laughs> from everything I've read about Harvard grads, they're supposed to mention graduating from Harvard in every sentence, and, you, and you've yet to do that. Um, uh, it doesn't usually go over too well. So, <laughs> so, so you <laughs> have a, a limit? Said, but I, I do try to stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> so take me through your career at Harvard, obviously your playing career, and, and what led you to say, you know what, I should do this professionally? Uh, I was lucky enough to get recruited in high school, so I knew I kind of committed, verbally committed to Harvard um, and, you know, was able to follow their team and, and be kind of a part of it as even just a senior in high school. Um, and then getting there freshman year was, you know, a whirlwind of a journey. It was amazing. It was uh, scary and fun. And uh, and then, you know, having to say goodbye my senior year was heartbreaking, but also really rewarding. Um, and I just, you know, absolutely loved my time there. I'm so grateful uh, to have had the opportunity to be a Harvard hockey player. Um and obviously to be a Harvard student as well. That's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, I was drafted um, the summer before my senior year to actually the Boston team um, and ended up getting this great opportunity at the Manhattan DA's office where I currently work um, and basically requested that my, my rights be traded to, um, to the New York team and, you know, the, the GMs and coaches were really receptive to that and um, just really glad it worked out. Uh, and on top of that, I get to play, got to play for my hometown <laughs> yeah. in my first, first uh, in my rookie season, which is, which is amazing. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of the, 
the trajectory of, of transitioning from, you know, high school hockey to college hockey to pro hockey. Um, and now are all your yeah. friends up in Boston, are they, you know, have they shunned you? <laughs> um, only on the ice, luckily. <laughs> uh, <laughs> glad, glad I've been able to maintain some of those friendships, uh, even even through a pretty a bitter rivalry. <laughs> yes. So I, I'm looking uh, at your uh, employment uh, history, if you will. <laughs> And I, I, one, one thing pops up is curious to me, and I'm hoping that you can uh, take me through it. Um, sure. You spent uh, a summer as a teaching yeah. fellow for the Center I of did, Hellenic yeah. Studies. Uh, <laughs> it, it, did you spend it at the Washington, D.C. Center, or were you in Greece? Uh, I was in Greece. And um, are you so Greek? No. <laughs> so what happened there? Greek. Like none. <laughs> uh, so basically, uh, a Harvard professor a while ago really wanted to, is a, a social theory professor, a philosophy professor basically, um, really wanted to maintain a relationship between Harvard's social studies department, so the study of just like, you know, these big thinkers about, you know, XYZ social theory. Um, to kind of like the motherland of philosophy, uh, which is, of course, ancient Greece. Of course. Um, and, uh, and so basically they set up this program where they'll have Harvard professors and students uh, go over and teach a course to, uh, you know, students. It's completely, obviously, optional. Like you have to apply to it and everything. So these are kids who, who want to spend their summers <laughs> learning about social theory um, in English, and so we're doing it okay. in their second language. so that worked language. out for you. And a, <laughs> yeah, and, and I was one of those teaching fellows, and it was, like, the most amazing experience. Uh, you know, the kids were so smart. It was so fun. We would kind of troll them and, get, you know, <laughs> kind of poke and say, well, have you thought about this? And they'll say, well, wait a minute. That doesn't, you know, and, and, um, and, uh, and then obviously I got to spend just like a summer in Greece, which is great. <laughs> and how many times did you break out into song a la Mamma Mia? Uh, just a few. Just a few. <laughs> okay. So. Well, yeah. that's fun enough, I guess. I think a few is better <laughs> yeah. than zero, right? <laughs> yeah, there were, no, there were no cameras, though. So right. Yeah, well, that's what you <laughs> think <laughs> until that right. pops up. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. So uh, obviously, uh, you know, an established career in law and in professional hockey, and I, I, I'm wondering if you could maybe give me your input on how you think that uh, women excelling in, in these professions can help girls in the future. Well, that's a big question. Yeah. Um, well, I'll start with, I guess I'll start with sports. Um, uh, well, I mean, I guess I'll start generally, like, in my opinion, you know, women have been slowly clawing their way into industries like law and sports, and some have been more successful than others, you know. Um, but I just think it's, like, it's going to be so valuable for humanity in general, you know, if, if, we, can, if we can establish more equity and establish a, a more healthy culture uh, in terms of gender and, and other demographics as well, but specifically talking about gender, you know, there's so many conversations where women aren't part of the conversation, and it's just, you know, we're we're not basically, you know, moving at full tilt, right? You know, like, 
society is moving forward in all these amazing ways, but if we shut half of our population out of these conversations, you're shooting yourself in the foot. And so, you know, I think it's, it's kind of an amazing time to be, um, you know, somebody, you know, a woman in both law and sports, uh, because all of these doors are opening and, and have been opened by people before us that we get to walk through. And, um, you know, it's, it's basically, you know, the, the cliche of like standing on the shoulder of giants, but it's true. I definitely feel that, you know, a lot of my idols, especially in law, um, are, are still practicing today. And I still get to like, you know, hear them speak and, and read their writing and everything. And, and that's really exciting. And then specifically in sports, I mean, we all grew up and all of our idols were male, right? Like there, right. nobody had a, nobody, nobody had like, or I, mean, I shouldn't say nobody, but like an Angela Ruggiero jersey is like maybe the only, or like a, or like a Cammy Granado jersey, you know, Olympic jersey is, is maybe the only female hockey player jersey that you would have. But, you know, at least speaking for myself, it wasn't that way. It was, you know, I had the, like, like Mark Messier and, and, and Wayne Gretzky, um, and those were my idols. Those were the people who I emulated, who I learned from. Um, and now, you know, we're just starting out, but you have kids who get to buy jerseys with women's names on them, and they get to look up to uh, people who look like them uh, and, and act like them and talk like them and share this experience of, of being a woman because it is different. Um, and that's that's a really profound thing, I think. Um and it's something that I try my best to like stop and appreciate as much as possible um, because it is special uh, and it's it's genuinely uh, sort of a breathtaking thing to be a part of to like see your you know little girls with like riveters jerseys and little boys with ri- riveters jerseys you know scared to give us fist bumps as we walk <laughs> out you know that's that's really cool so. So yeah, that's a very deep question, and I hope my answer wasn't too rambly. But no, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it was very good, and and I wanted because you touched on it there, but I wanted to ask you a quick follow up on that. How much of the that uh, exactly what you just said do you think is that representation? Right, being able to see on Twitter or being able you know watch the game on Twitter or being able to buy the jersey and then having somebody say, "Hey, mom, dad, that girl looks like me." <laughs> I, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's huge. Um, you know, when you, when you think of sports as masculine, you think of, like, strength as masculine, it reinforces, uh, like, just this idea of women as being somewhat help, helpless and, uh, and dependent. Um, and I think there are a million things that you could point to in everyday life that stem from that. Um, and so the fact that, like, you know, people see the, these, like, strong, charismatic, uh, confident, independent athletes, um, that just, that, you know, I wish that I, uh, I wish that I had that as, as a little girl. And I, I mean, to the extent that I didn't, um, I wish I did. And, uh, and yeah, it's just really, it's really exciting. And you thought like badass, you know, female athletes like Serena Williams and, you know, all of the U S Olympic hockey players are now total celebrities, which is so awesome. Uh, you know, you've got Carly Lloyd and Abby Wambach. It's, I think today, uh, we, I've 
been able to see like literally history change just in my lifetime um, in the realm of like women's sports. So, you know, I think I, it's, I don't know if it's measurable how much of a difference that makes, but to me, I see it every day. That's awesome. That's really awesome to hear. And it's, it's actually uh, quite inspiring as you can imagine. And I'm sure <laughs> that, uh, and, and I guess this is an interesting thought as well, is that, uh, at, at what point did you realize that you were an inspiration or that you and your teammates were inspiring uh, young girls to follow their dream of being a professional athlete or being able to work in their field of choice? I, I think I have to, like, re-realize it every time <laughs> I think about it because it just, like, hits me. And I'm like, wait, that can't be right. You know? um, right, but not me. I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Um, I think it was just, like, the first time I started, like, when we walked out and we have to go kind of through part of the crowd to get to the ice from our home rink. Um, and you just see like little kids in riveters jerseys. And that is, you know, that's really, really cool. Um, and, uh, just a quick story. My boss's daughter, who's about 10 years old, came to one of my games. And then, oh, wow. uh, she came to on last Friday came to, for, you know, bring your daughter to work day, bring your child to work day. Um, and afterwards, when they got home, she was. She says to her dad, "She's like, how do you even work with her? Like, I, w- I couldn't even speak. Even <laughs> like, I was so nervous." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe that's a real thing." Yeah, then thing. he's like, "Don't but, worry, I'm her boss." You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it a lot easier, I'm sure. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so you know, it's just like cute little stories like that that are uh, really touching and just uh, you know very humbling. So. Well, I, I was actually going to ask you: Do you have any? Uh, do you have a favorite crossover story between your law career and your hockey career? But I guess there <laughs> I think it that is. Might be it. Um, <laughs> but now I want to ask you one final question. It's a fun question, so don't don't worry. Um, but I'm not certain how often you look at your LinkedIn page. Um, <laughs> however, you have been endorsed for one skill. I'm going to give you a multiple choice, and if you can get it right, I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll tweet it out. We'll uh, we'll we'll get more people to endorse you for it. Okay, <laughs> so, well, I have no idea. Okay, so. you ready? So you you yeah. have listed five skills. Oh God, this is embarrassing. You have only been endorsed for one. <laughs> is it? Are you ready for the options? ready research leadership public speaking and then my two favorites microsoft excel and microsoft word (laughs) (laughs) which one do you think you have been endorsed for okay well first of all i really need to edit my linkedin page clearly (laughs) right right, because powerpoint's not up there (laughs) yeah right definitely definitely should rejigger that i think but (laughs) oh gosh um I, uh, is it leadership? It is. Oh, my God. Wow. No Nailed it. <laughs> well, I figured it wouldn't be the last two, so it was really <laughs> Well, early. obviously. If you're not, if you're not yeah. efficient at the whole suite, then there's no way <laughs> you can be that good at Excel or Word. Um, yeah. But, wow, nailed it. The leadership. I figured that was sort of just like the most abstract and that <laughs> one of my friends would just be like, sure, yeah. Yeah, she led me, you know, uh, to the restaurant once. That she, is did, She did a very good job. Well, Mia, yeah, well, uh, 
I really Thank appreciate you, you taking the, the time. Uh, for exposing my LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure by the time everybody goes to check it, it will be updated. It'll be, yeah, totally different. <laughs> <laughs> All right. NWHL champion and Harvard grad, Miye Dench, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was fun. A big thank you to Miye Dench for joining us on the first ever NWHL Profile Podcast. What a fun discussion that was, and I can't wait to go back on LinkedIn in a couple of weeks and see how many more leadership endorsements Mie has gotten. Uh, we'll be back in your feed with another Profile Pod ASAP, so make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud, and that will make sure you get updated every time a new episode comes out. Again, a big thank you to Mie Dench, and for all of us here at the NWHL, I'm Ken Ranchman, and we will see you next time.